Hello, and thank you for tuning in to New Glasgow Christian Church. My name is Stephen Weatherby, and I'm the pastor here at NGCC, a small rural church with a big heart located in central Prince Edward Island, Canada. This week, we are continuing in our series of messages based on Mark Moore's devotional book, Core 52. Each week, we will explore a key theme from Scripture, providing practical insights and reflections to deepen our understanding of God's Word. Join us as we uncover the foundational principles that shape our Christian walk and discover how they can impact our lives today. This message was recorded live during our Sunday morning worship service. Well, if there's one thing you can say about our world today when you look around, it's that we're busy. We're always on the go. We always have places to be, people to see, things to do, and not nearly enough time to do it. Our agendas are crammed, calendars crowded, and our nerves are frazzled. We have too many irons and too many fires, and we get burnt out easily. And the problem is that we lie to ourselves. We pretend there's an end in sight, that we just got to get just to this point up the road. That if we just do a little bit more, if we just get caught up this week, back on schedule, then everything will be great. Uh, Just a few more weeks, maybe just one more year to get through some sort of busy season. But it's... It's always like a mirage on the highway in summer when you think there's water up the road. It always stays off in the distance, and you never seem to get closer (laughs) to that point. So, of course, as we've been saying all morning with this theme uh, through our music uh, and through our prayer, our our theme is rest today. Uh, And this is a topic that will be familiar because we actually did a four-week series on it a couple years ago. Uh, But the thing with... Core 52 is what comes up, comes up. And this is a theme that I think is good to repeat. Uh, Because even though it may be familiar, uh, it's important. Uh, We all need to be reminded of the importance of rest because there is a constant reminder in our lives of all the work and tasks and busyness. That doesn't go away. It's constantly being pressed into us. So I think it's okay for us to revisit that theme once in a while and, and to remind ourselves of the importance of rest. Our core verse this morning is Mark chapter 2, verses 27 to 28, which says, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So let me ask you this question. Are you the kind of person who needs to be told to rest? You won't do it on your own. You have to be told to slow down, to take it easy, or to take a vacation, or to take a day off. (laughs) Now, we're all busy to varying degrees. I know for myself, I'm a very scattered brain. If I didn't have a to-do list and a calendar, I would be completely lost. I would have no clue what's going on in my world at all. It's a necessity, but it's also something I hate. I hate my calendar, and I hate my to-do list, because it's a reminder of all the things you haven't done yet. (laughs) And so even though you cross things off, you're always adding more things onto it. And again, it just never seems to be that you get to the end of it. But the worst part is we wear our busyness with pride. Someone might say, well, I had a great nap last Sunday afternoon. And a response that maybe you've given or maybe you've received is, 
well, that sounds amazing. I wish I had time for naps, but, and then we talk about how busy and important we are. <laughs> um, but when we have those conversations, the busy person hears the conversation as, well, the person who took a nap is lazy, and the person who is busy has a strong work ethic. But consider that maybe it's just that the person who took a nap is balanced. And while uh, they will have more energy for their working hours, we, the ones who don't have time for sleep, are out of balance and maybe burning ourselves out. Burnout is not a badge of honor, and neither is busyness. Later in the Gospel of Mark, we see Jesus is still pointing his disciples to a needed time of rest. In chapter 6, verse 30 to 31, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they, the apostles, didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. They had been working so hard. They hadn't even been able to eat. They worked right through meals. How many of you have ever worked through meals because you were so busy? I've done that a few times. It does not make for a great day. Uh, but there's been times I've been so busy that I get to 4 o'clock and I think, I didn't eat lunch and I didn't even realize until now. So it's something that maybe you've been familiar with at some point. But they came around Jesus and they told him all about what they'd been doing. They were saying, look at how many people we've taught. Look at everything we've been doing. Look at all the work we've done. In other words, they were saying, look at how busy we've been. And how does Jesus respond to them? Well, he doesn't hand out awards. He doesn't shower on praise. He doesn't even say good work. Instead, he says, come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. There is a pattern to God's work. Rest is important, and it's so important, God has demonstrated it and modeled it for us through creation. When you read through the creation account in Genesis 1, and I know that's about six months ago now in our Core 52 series, but when you look at the creation account, there's a pattern to his work, a repetition. And so Jesus was modeling rest for his disciples in that situation, but God actually has modeled rest from the very beginning. When he created everything, he didn't just create with one word and was done with it. He creates and then he rests. Then the next day he creates again and he rests. He didn't just blast through it all at once. I mean, he could have shaped and designed everything with one word. He didn't have to spread it over all these days. But he does so anyways. He creates, appreciates, and rests. So just, I know we always talk about the seventh day of the Sabbath, and we're going to do that, but just forget about that for a minute. And in this creation story, just focus on this pattern in the first six days of creating, he's active, working, but there's also a pattern and a balance to his work. His work doesn't need to have limits. He's God, but he still chooses to limit his work. And so there's a pattern here in the way that he does this. And yet, when we look at the pattern he's set for us, we will still overrun and overschedule ourselves. We'll even do it in his name. And that's very important for us to be aware of, 
Because when we're looking at the way that he's done this, we need to realize that we, when we were created, were made in God's image. When we see the way in which God modeled rest for us, we need to remember we are a reflection of God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female, he created him. So we've been created to bear his likeness in the world. We are to shape our character and values after his, because we are designed after him. He's our model for everything we do, everything that we are. Now God is a creator who works in the material world around us. He works in relationship with the Son and the Holy Spirit through creation. Again, we talked about that, was a long time ago. Uh, but we see that when he was doing this, his work observed limits. He did not work endlessly, but he rests between each day, and he rests on the seventh day completely. Why do you think he did that? Why do you think he decided to rest on the seventh day, or between each day of creation? What we know from scriptures that he did rest, we know that he chose to rest, Certainly he didn't need to. I mean, creating the whole universe, I'm sure, was a lot of work from our perspective. You know, if you're going to build a house, uh, think about all the, the hoops you have to jump through, the permits, the getting the contractors lined up uh, around their busy schedules. Like, it takes a long time. It's a lot of work. So picture the whole universe, how much work that would be. We don't even know everything that's out there <laughs> because we can't see it because it's so big. But this is also God we're talking about. He spoke it into existence with his words. He's all-powerful. He can do anything he wants, and there's nothing in existence that can limit his power. So why did he choose to? Was he tired? Did he exhaust himself from all the work? Did he need a break for a nap or to catch his breath or to make a coffee? Like, why did he choose to rest? Again, we're created in God's image. We're reflections of him and we are to reflect him. He didn't rest because he needed a break. He rested to set a pattern for us, to create an example. He didn't create Sabbath rest for himself as a law that pleases him. He created it for us. So this is where we have to stop and ask ourselves, how did we get our wires so crossed? When did the definition of a good and meaningful life come to mean one that is overscheduled and stressful and anxious? When did our sense of worth become so tied to the fullness of our calendars? And when did we ever get the idea that this is what God wants from us and what pleases him? Because on the day when his disciples had worked so hard that they were skipping meals, Jesus made it pretty clear what he thinks his disciples needed the most in that situation. It was not to continue working until they were so exhausted they could not move. We've turned rest into something it was never meant to be. We see rest as laziness, and we see Sabbath rest, that specific term, as a legalistic, works-based bit of nonsense. That's kind of what we've turned it into today in the church. But that was never what it was intended for. So look at the, the bigger story around our core verse. So Mark 2, chapter 23 to 28. This is where this story came from. It says, One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. 
The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, I think that's how you say it, uh, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. So let's look at this culturally, because in that day they took their Sabbath laws very strictly. They were picking heads of grain, that's harvesting on the Sabbath. They were rubbing the grain in their hands, that's threshing on the Sabbath. And they were blowing the chaff off the grain, that's winnowing on the Sabbath. They're just hungry. <laughs> they just want something to eat. And this, like, consider the meals you make at home, like maybe whatever you're planning for lunch today. Like, this has to be the most minimal meal prep possible. Like, they're chewing on uncooked grain. But the Pharisees see them doing this, and they accuse them of breaking Sabbath law by working. See, they turned Sabbath into something it was not. They added all these arbitrary rules and laws that made it difficult and stressful to keep the Sabbath, rather than it being a day of true rest. They were so stressed and worried about not breaking all these rules. It was almost like they were mentally working on overdrive on Sabbath. And you know what? The church has done this as well, historically. And that's how we've gotten to the point where we treat Sabbath rest as nonsense. Because you maybe remember growing up uh, that Sunday was seen as the Sabbath. You weren't allowed to mow the lawn or shop or whatever. Uh, I think Larissa said her parents said that they wouldn't hang their laundry out on the line on Sunday. You could do the laundry. You just couldn't hang it out where people could see it because then they knew you were doing laundry on Sunday. <laughs> now, I'm not saying there's no wisdom in taking a day off to slow down a rest. That's the opposite of what we're saying here. But listen to some of the restrictions that the Pharisees placed on the Sabbath. First, on Sabbath, you were not allowed to use two hands to tie your sandals. You could do it with one hand. Two hands was considered work. If you were carrying acorns, you could only carry two. If you had a third, you had to stop and eat it before you could move on, because if you were carrying three acorns, that was too many. If your house was on fire, you couldn't run in and grab your clothes on Sabbath, because carrying clothes would be work. But theoretically, you could strip naked, run into the house, get dressed, run back out, get undressed, and do that over and over because getting dressed was not considered work. <laughs> now we look at that and say, like, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, that's twice as much work. And it is. It's ridiculous. Jesus made that clear to them when he reminds them about the time David broke the religious law by eating consecrated bread to back up his point. So here's what you need to understand and what I need to understand about the Sabbath. It's a gift. It's God's gift to us. It's meant to help you. It is for your good. It's to our detriment if we turn it into something it's not like the Pharisees did. But it's also to our detriment to dismiss it and not to use it at all. It's a blessing, not a burden. You know, after the Industrial Revolution, employers, our employees worked as much as 100 hours a week. The five-day work week only came into being 
because Henry Ford realized that when his employees had time to rest, productivity increased. Even though they worked less hours, their sales went up and their productivity went up. And their sales went up because he also realized if people are working 100 hours a day, they have no use for a car because they're just at work all the time. <laughs> but if you're not working, you can actually use the cars he sells to go somewhere. And so by reducing the hours and paying more, their productivity and sales went through the roof and everyone followed suit. And yet today, record numbers of workers clock unimaginable amounts of overtime every week by choice. Listen, we need rest. To not take advantage of rest and Sabbath rest is foolish at best. And I think there's still a case that at worst it is sinful. Part of our Sabbath rest is what we are doing here this morning, attending and participating in worship, prayer, reading of scripture, and resting. These are all part of God's gift to us. Sabbath is not just a day off when you look in scripture. When God rested, he looked around at his work and he saw that it was good. We're to do the same. We need to rest, to worship, to revitalize. Yes. But more importantly, we also need to take time to look at God's work in our lives and see that he is good and that his work in our lives is good. It's about rest for our souls just as much as it is about physical rest. And that's not something you can get by simply taking a day off. If we spend our days running around, letting the world control us with its busyness and stress, it will burn us out. It will leave you chasing things you cannot catch, filling your lives with unfulfillment. But Jesus says in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Rest for your souls. That's what this is all about. God created us in his image, and he modeled this pattern for us because he knows what we need better than we do. We have it all backwards. Rather than earning rest because we work hard, and that's what we try to do, that's why we don't rest. We don't feel like we've earned it yet. A Christian rests to enjoy God's presence and to prepare for work ahead by grounding themselves spiritually in the rest that only God can provide. And that is what Sabbath rest is all about. And so as we conclude this morning, I want you to remember one thing. Sabbath rest, rest, it's, it's not meant to be a burden. It's not meant to be a strict command that inconveniences your life and stresses you out. In days gone by, people wouldn't tend their garden or put laundry out on the line on a Sunday because they didn't want people to think they were working. It was all about perception. But it was never meant to be a burden. It was meant as a gift. It was meant to bless us, not burden us. And likewise, it is meant to help you. Sabbath rest shows that God is gracious and kind, not an unbending, heavy-handed taskmaster. Resting's not just about taking a break to relax and recover. It's not something we earn. It's something that God has designed and ordained for us as a gift because we need it.
The creation order follows a pattern that we can follow daily and weekly, an order of rest, thankfulness, and worship. We rest to enjoy God's presence and to prepare for the work ahead. So rather than running endlessly, pushing yourself straight to burnout and exhaustion, trust in God's design. Take the rest that he gives us and allow yourself to be blessed through it. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that this week's teaching was a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you live in the New Glasgow area, we would love for you to come out and to join us for our Sunday gathering. For information on service times, location, and more, check out our website at ngcc.ca. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening and have a great week.